Welcome to Stutzcast. It is early. It is uh, eight minutes past seven in the morning, and it is uh, Sunday, the fourteenth of May, two thousand and twenty-three. And uh, it's quiet, except for the birds. Can you hear them? There are quite a lot of. Uh, Birds joining in the morning chorus. <laughs> All kinds. Very, very nice. Oh gosh, can you hear them? Too many to name. I can hear some blackbirds. I can hear some doves. I can hear some pigeons. Oh, that's an interesting one. I think that might be a, a finch of some sort. But anyway. It's beautifully calm. Isn't it Rooney? Rooney's here with me. <laughs> Rooney's happy. Always likes his morning walks, don't you Rooney? And uh, gosh, there really are some singers out this morning. <laughs> I must admit, the last few weeks I've been getting up, well, getting out a little bit later. Oh, that's a pigeon. Is it a pigeon? Or is it a, I think it might be a rock dove actually. Oh, a rock pigeon or a collared dove. Can't see it. It's up on top of a chimney. Anyway, uh, yeah, I've been getting up, uh, getting out a little bit later than usual, missing the dawn chorus because um, I'm getting rather stuck into a good book. <laughs> And so I wake up in the morning and I like to read a chapter or two of the book before I go out. Much to ruin his discontent. But uh, not this morning. Not this morning because Winnie and I, we got up, we looked at each other and we said, I think it's time for a podcast. Didn't we, Rue? So we thought, right, let's get out early. Catch some of that bird song. And uh, enjoy the early morning. Uh, it's a completely blue sky. Well, it's not. The sun's just coming up, but completely clear sky, I should say. And uh, there's a half moon, still pretty prominent in the sky. And uh, oh, lots of blossoms on the uh, on the sort of uh, well, I don't know what you call these things. The red and white blossoms on these bushes, very beautiful. And everywhere, the villagers in flower. Well, it's not that's not just because it's spring, that's because it's down in the southern Mediterranean where all you have to do is keep something watered and it will flower all, all through the year. So anyway, um, we're, uh, we're just heading on our usual walk actually, the, uh, out of the back of the village and up into the hills of uh, El Madrinao and we're being accompanied all the way out me Rue with uh, these lovely birds I hope you're hearing them <laughs> you can't really miss them can you <laughs> so halfway through May long time as usual since our last podcast gone are the days when we used to podcast every day or every other day. Yeah. 
Well, never mind. What's a blue moon? <laughs> Is the current frequency. And, uh, well, again, I can't really give you too many reasons for the uh, long interval, except uh, just a lot of things to do. So, oh, there have been a lot of things. I'll tell you, there have been a lot of things that we've been up to. Uh, so we'll do that. We'll say thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll move from the introduction to the uh, main body of this podcast. So, well, our accompaniment continues. And uh, I can tell you that it's not just the songbirds that are uh, very much, you know, uh, prominent and in the sky. Also, the birds of prey, the big birds of prey, have been out. A lot of them. Griffin vultures, eagles, kestrels, hawks. Uh, yeah, they've all been out. And, um, well, there are two booted eagles that make a regular pass over our, our house every day. It's quite exciting. I get to see them, I get the binoculars out, and you get to see them really closely. And I uh, sort of got to know them, which is fun. And, uh, well, the griffin vultures have been out in their numbers. If you see one great big bird in the sky soaring above you, it's probably an eagle or a kestrel. Or a black monk vulture. If it's, if it's really big, it'll be a black monk vulture. But if it's in a group, hello, Lenny. That's <laughs> no, 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 don't, Rue. No, don't go to the gate. No, Rooney, go away from that gate. Rooney, Rooney. <laughs> don't do that. Don't go back. No, Rooney, go away from there. Rooney, Rooney, come on. Sorry. <laughs> Let him off his leash. A little bit too early, didn't I, Rue? Bad boy. He went to the gate just to have a little... Well, I'm not sure if it's a play or it's a fight. Because his tail was wagging. <laughs> he likes to go up to that gate and get a rise out of uh, Lenny, the Alsatian. Anyway, he's throw me off my stride there, Rue. I was talking about the big birds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you see a group of large birds, then they're probably griffin vultures around this area anyway. Too early for them now because there's no thermals for them to rise on. Gotta wait until the sun warms up the air a little bit, and then you'll see them. Yeah, from about mid-morning onwards. They're, they're really beautiful. And they circle, obviously, because they're not using the thermals. But, um, well, actually, having said that, that it's too early, um, not always the case because, oh, it must have been about two weeks ago, I was out early-ish, actually watching the sun come up. So yeah, it was early. And um, I was looking 
towards the big mountain around here, the Concha Mountain. And um, to my surprise, I saw this large bird moving through the sky. And I thought, ooh, what's that? And uh, then it kind of hovered as if it was attached to the earth by a string, like a kite. And it just stayed in one position, just expertly using its wings to stay in one position. And uh, it was almost like it was like a drone or something. <laughs> but it wasn't, it was, it, it was just, I don't know what it was doing, just looking at the sunrise, it looked like to me. It looked like we were both watching the sunrise. And uh, so, of course, I, uh, I was able to sort of look at its markings. And then I got my bird identifier app out and started to, you know, identify the bird. And it came up, you won't believe this, but it came up golden eagle. Very rare. I thought, wow, I'm looking at a golden eagle. I mean, yes, they do have them in Spain. More in the north and south, I think, but, uh, but pretty rare around here. But, but I'm, well, I mean, I'm relying on the accuracy of the ad, but I do think that's what it was. I'm really quite awe-inspiring when you see something like that. I loved it. But today, today, Rue, it's just the little guys. Can you hear that? That's, that's either a serin or a black cat with their fast chatter. I don't know if in the background you're hearing that cockerel. I'm just pausing in case it gives us another burst. No, he won't. Right. Well, now something that you might notice, I've noticed anyway, um, is it's Sunday. I suppose it's a little too early, but um, this Ronda Road at weekends is a favourite, you know, uh, haunt of motorcycles, motorcycle, you know, groups. They love to bomb up here because it's all, you know, hairpin bends and curves and twists and good fun if you're on a motorbike. Um, but there have been a lot fewer of them, uh, or the noise from them has been a lot less recently. And the reason is because they've installed a new roundabout, or they're in the process of installing a new roundabout a little bit further down the hill. And of course, they've put speed bumps and, and uh, speed traps and things, which has rather, I think, slowed them down a bit. Because normally up here, you hear them, the engines screaming as they go past, but no, nothing now. So, as far as I'm concerned, sorry if you're a motorcycle enthusiast, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's a good thing. It's re restored the uh, area back to its kind of more natural sounds. There's just birds in the trees, and Rooney walking around with his click click toes. I ought to clip your toenails, Rooney, but uh, I don't like to do that because, well, the last time I did it was about, God, it was about 
two and a half years ago, we still lived in America, and I accidentally cut one. If you give you squeamish, you know, sorry about this, but I cut one, to, you know, too, too low, and uh, he started to bleed. Oh God, it was awful. Maya was there, and we were all like in horror for what I'd just done. Rooney wasn't really that bothered. He just started licking it, and eventually it sort of, you know, clotted, and uh, it was all right. But uh, oh, it was a mess, wasn't it, Rue? So I haven't actually clipped his toenails for over two years now, but I take him out on lots of walks, which I think does the same trick. So, what's been going on? Well, I'll tell you the main thing that's, uh, hello, what's that? The main thing that's been going on, uh, April the 30th, Christina's 60th birthday. What a lot of celebrations we, we had all around her birthday. Gosh, oh, incredible. Well, it was started on Thursday before her birthday. Her birthday was on the Sunday where Maya, our daughter, and Abby, a new friend of Maya's from Accenture, where they're both working, doing, they're both doing their placement year, year in industry. And uh, they've become great friends. And uh, Abby um, came over with uh, Maya to celebrate uh, Christina's birthday. We hadn't met Abby before, but, you know, um, Maya wanted to have a friend, and we said, absolutely, yes, why not? So she came over and uh, with Carol Fox. So the three of them arrived, and... Um, uh, really late, actually, uh, on Thursday night. So, God, by the time we got to us, it was about one in the morning. We would stay up and, uh, yeah, welcome them in. And that was all nice. And then uh, Katie and David Scott um, from St. Albans, long-time friends of ours and, and, and godparents to Maya, came over also to celebrate and uh, actually they are, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting things slightly in the wrong order, well not, but uh, Katie and David Scott arrived earlier in the day and we had dinner with Katie and David on that Thursday evening in the Alcuscus Hotel restaurant, but I got to tell you before uh, we went to the hotel restaurant, we joined them in the hotel for a cocktail. And I'd never been into that hotel before. It's, it's literally, you know, 500 yards away from where we live. Well, probably 750 yards away, but not far. And, um, God, we went into the hotel area, and it, it is like something from a different era, from a different century. Well, it is from a different century. It's all oil paintings, uh, you know, everywhere, and libraries, and comfortable sofas, and Persian rugs, and terraces with, you know, phenomenally beautiful views, and tranquil, like a sort of sanctuary. Oh, I can hear a woodpecker in the background. You probably can't hear that. Let me just pause. It's probably too far away. I can hear it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like... A, Almost, it reminded me of, you know, sort of chariots of fire type sanitariums where they send people with shell shock from World War One, you know, that that sort of thing. It was so tranquil, but so beautiful. 
and uh, really stunning. I mean, I mean, the guy is dead now, Paco Palde. Um, sorry, Jaime Palde. Paco uh, is his brother, who's an architect, but uh, uh, Jaime was an interior designer, and obviously he left his legacy in that house. It's what they call shabby chic, if you know what I mean. It's 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 not, you know, shiny metal and mirrors and glass. It's not. It's completely classic and gorgeous. And the gardens are lovely and everything has matured into something stunning. Uh, and it's not advertised, only six bedrooms. And, and you've really got to know about it to, to get onto it. But Katie and David, sort of, they found it. We didn't even tell them to, to go there. They found it because David's, you know, pretty um, experienced traveller and has done a lot of really nice uh, sort of holidays in the best places in the world. And he found it through one of his sites that he uses. And uh, they said to us, because <laughs> the plan was they were going to come to us for a drink. And... Um, then we were going to get for dinner together, but they they called us and they said, "No, come here. You've got to see this hotel." So we said, "Okay," and uh, we went. And um, sure enough, it really is stunning. I mean, really stunning. Um, it's not cheap. Well, it depends what, what where your sort of level is, but um, about two hundred and fifty euros a night. So yeah, I would call that not cheap, <laughs> but you know, you can spend six, seven hundred euros in some hotels. But anyway, um, so that was fun and we had a gorgeous meal in the restaurant and Katie and David were really rewarding because they were, I've said this many times before, but they were enjoying the area. They said, God, you never told us you lived in an area like this and it's absolutely stunning. And... Um, so, you know, hey, that's, that's a little tip. If you want to stay somewhere really classy and really good in the south of Spain, stay at the Al Cuscus Hotel. <laughs> A-L, one word. No, sorry, it's all one word. A-L-C-U-Z or C-U-Z-C-U-Z. Al Cuscus. I don't even know if you'll find it if you Google it, but you probably will. And uh, it's, um, it's special. And... Uh, so yeah, so that was Thursday night. Friday, okay, Friday, we, I, uh, with Maya as my accomplice, planned a surprise event for Christina. Because Maya is aware that the butcher in, in the village that we live in, <laughs> it's unusual, but uh, has a grand piano, beautiful white grand piano. <laughs> yeah, not, not your typical butcher. Um, and he serves food. You know, we'll cook for you if, if you want. He's called uh, Gillum. And um, I've mentioned him before on a couple of podcasts for various reasons. But anyway, um, Maya said, listen, Abby is a great eight pianist. I mean, she's good. And uh, Gillum has a piano. And uh, Dad, she said, how about we book a meal? Uh, at Gillam's Butchers and um, then Abby can play the piano and, and, and you know for mum's birthday I said that's a heck of a good idea I'll do it 
So I went down and I spoke to Gillam and all hush hush, you know, I said, Gillam, surprise party for Christina's 60th. You know, would it be okay? And he said, yes, 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 absolutely. He said, uh, in fact, we'll use the big table here. They've got a lovely big oak table for 10. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a butcher's, does it? But it is. Um, and he's got a lovely kind of bodega wine um, cellar area and it's all lovely. And he said, okay, I'll cook, what do you want? And I said, well, you know, whatever you think. And he said, all right, leave it to me. And um, so we had that all, all sort of set up. And then he said, uh, what about flamenco guitarist? I said, excellent idea, let's have one of those as well. So uh, he, he booked a flamenco guitarist. And uh, the, the funny bit is, the plan was, uh, I said to everybody, you know, except for Christina, I said, okay, in on the act. We're going to surprise Christina. We're going to pretend we're going to have a barbecue on our terrace at home on uh, Friday afternoon. And, um, but we're not. <laughs> but we're going to go down to Gillam's and we're going to have a meal in there, you know. All cooked by him with uh, the piano and Abby can play the piano and we've got a Spanish guitarist coming and it's all going to be nice. And, and he's going to close the shop down so it's just us. There's only seven of us. And uh, so they're all in on the act, and um, on the secret rather. And uh, I said to Christina, so what we'll do, darling, is we will um, we'll cook for everybody on our terrace. And we'll go to the butchers, you know, this afternoon. And we'll get the nice, you know, meats and things for the barbecue from Gillam. And then we'll take it up to the house and we'll cook. So she just said, okay. And then trying to keep Christina at bay all day is difficult. Because she's like, don't you think we should go to the butchers now and get the uh, meat, you know, like, like halfway through the morning? And I said, no, 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 let's go later. And she said, why do you want to leave it so late? He closes at four, you know. <laughs> I said, ah, we'll go at half three then. Because <laughs> Willem had told me not to come before four. And uh, so Christina was like, uh, you know getting at me all the day, saying, come on, let's go and get the meat. And I kept saying, no, no, we'll get later. Why are you being like this? <laughs> and uh, so um, we did manage to keep her at bay until about you know, quarter to four. And she said, come on, we've got to go because the butcher's going to close. I said, all right, all right. So we went to the butchers. And they were still open, obviously. Um, and uh, so Christina goes up to the counter and I'd said to Maya and Abby and Carol, um, you know, you go down to the butchers, we'll go and collect Katie and David from the hotel, and then we'll, you know, we'll meet you in the butchers, and big surprise, you know, thing for Christina. So, yeah, we walk into the butchers with Katie and David, obviously, because we just picked them up, and uh, we, Christina doesn't see Maya and Abby, Carol wasn't quite there, she's a little bit late, she's getting ready. And um, she doesn't see them sitting at the table. So she goes up to the counter to start to order some food. She says to me, what should we have? And I said, well, what would you fancy? Playing along with it. And then she looks at the corner of her eye, of her eye and she sees Maya and Abby sitting at the table. And she says, what, what, what are you doing here? And then... They go, happy birthday, surprise, mama. <laughs> and she said, what? And I said, yeah, we're not cooking. Uh, Gillum's cooking for us. Take a seat, we're eating in here. She said, what? Oh, yes, I said, oh, Christina was smiling, really happy. And uh, 
Katie and David sat down, Carol sat down, and I sat down, and we were all to the came served us drinks and everything. He actually, God bless him, he bought us a bottle of champagne on him. He gave everybody a glass. And, uh, oh, hello. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, it was fabulous. And, um, Christina, I love that. That is, I think that's a uh, great tip. Anyway, um, <laughs> Christina didn't see that Marty was the name of the uh, flamenco guitarist comes in. He's a really swarthy, sort of unshaven uh, Spanish guy with, you know, headband and, you know, croaky voice like they have. And uh, so he comes in and I see him. Uh, and, but he, behind Christina, she doesn't see him so I go up to him and I say hi Marty you know I'm John I'm the guy that's you know arranging the party and she's the birthday girl all right okay and uh, so I said to him just if you can you know set up behind her so she doesn't see and then suddenly start okay he got it so he sets up this giant speaker right behind Christina's head and she's not paying any attention to it she's enjoying chatting to all her friends and everything and uh, so he's able to do the whole setup uh, unseen by Christina. I, of course, I can see him because I'm, I'm sitting the other side. Uh, I'm sort of smiling away. And uh, suddenly, um, when he's ready, he sparks up. He, he starts up starts up with <laughs> Cumpleaños Feliz, you know, happy birthday to you uh, in Spanish. And Christina's like, what? <laughs> and then he gets going, and God, he's good. You know, it really, you know, traditional flamenco singer style he knows all the songs so fast on the on the strings and uh he just whole repertoire for the whole time we were there you know he was enjoying himself and you could tell he loved it so uh so that's what we did and um oh it just got better and better after that the meal was fantastic he brought a giant set of salads for us which were lovely and then uh, oh, that steak we couldn't even eat it all hey Rue I'm going to go this way um, and uh, actually Katie didn't want to fill the steak and lucky I picked that up so I asked for one went down in the morning and asked for one um, uh, plate of uh, something else chicken and he said yeah no problem so uh, it just worked a treat then of course the moment came poor old Abby was <laughs> nervous and God bless her. She'd, she'd been rehearsing these two gorgeous pieces. Oh God, I can't even remember the name of the... Uh, who wrote the pieces, but... Um, oh, they were, they were absolutely beautiful. So she did one... Uh, I think before the dessert, and then one after. And Christina was in tears. I mean, really, floods of tears. It was so beautiful. And then there was, a, there was also a moment when... Um, come on. Uh, our dear friends in America, the Burns, the Bulls, and the Pincuses, had been liaising with me in the sort of preceding weeks over what to buy Christina for her 60th, because they wanted to buy something for her. So anyway, I knew that she liked these uh, Moroccan uh, wall sh shades for, for you know for lights. They're not exactly lamp shades because you put them flush against the wall, but they're disc-shaped circular and they're gorgeous you know they've got lovely patterns of holes through them and um, I knew Christina liked them 
So I suggested that uh, we buy a pair of those. And uh, so they all clubbed together and paid for it. Well, I, I bought it and then they paid me back. I had to surreptitiously get out to the open market one day and find some and buy them. And then keep them hidden in this store area that we've got. But, uh, but that worked too. And that bit I managed to get on video and filmed Christina. She said, I don't want any presents till my actual birthday. I said, we're well, going to have to have these. <laughs> so she opened them out. Oh my God, more tears. And uh, ah, it was just really good. Really nice sort of celebratory special thing. Just a, a small group of seven close friends. And then uh, that was that. And then um, the next day, Saturday, no surprises on the, on the Saturday. We just booked Salduna Beach which is, you know, top class beach restaurant. And uh, oh, that was cool. Really nice vibe, it was a beautiful day. Warm, the food was fabulous. We just enjoyed ourselves in a totally relaxed manner. And God, I think actually Katie and David went, ended up grabbing the bill on that, which I didn't intend, but really generous of them. And, and very much appreciated. Lovely, absolutely lovely. And, uh, and then Sunday, we planned a, quite a big party, 30, 31 people. And Christina said she didn't want to party. I said, why don't you want to party? She said, because it's just work. I'll end up doing all the clearing and washing and preparing. And all. I said, no, you won't. No, you won't. I'll do it. She said, well, what do you mean you'll do it? I said, I will do it. I get some help, get some stuff, and uh, you won't have to do a thing. Well getting some staff because it was the day before uh, May bank holiday getting staff on that Sunday well, turned out to be impossible couldn't get couldn't get sold not a single waitress or waiter nothing so I thought well no matter let's slip into overdrive then John and uh, do things yourself and I'd spent the week preparing food in advance so I'd prepared a great big uh, garlic chicken dish it's a Nigella Lawson it's, she calls it 40 cloves of garlic chicken and they, you know, some giant lasagna dishes and uh, lots of, you know, little tapas and starters and uh, strawberries and ice cream for, and whipped cream for, for dessert. And uh, it was really, it worked out and I got all, you know, paper, not paper, yeah, yes, paper plates, disposable, you know, wooden knives and forks that came in packs so you could just chuck it all in the bin. And actually, you know, because preparation is what it's all about. Um, I had time and uh, the morning was a little sort of uh, tough because I had to get everything ready and on time out uh, so that it was I didn't you know I could actually be part of the party rather than just uh, stuck in the kitchen and um, so it really worked got everything out on the on, laid out onto the tables just before people came out uh, arrived rather and uh, it, it was Good, you know, just people kept arriving and arriving and arriving, with, oh, of course, laden with gifts. Christina to celebrate her 60th. And I said, oh God, the sun's just about to come up from behind the mountain. Um, I'm sort of doubling back on myself a bit just because I give myself time on the podcast. So I think we're going to see the sunrise, which is lovely. Um, but yes, we, uh, we had a lot of people. And I put on the invitation, I, I said to people from 1.30 till 4pm, <laughs> that's a bit American, isn't it? Giving people kind of like a finish time for a party, but 
I did that because, well, I wanted to make sure that people arrived on time and we got the food out of the way, um, you know, on time. I didn't want to be serving food all through the day. So that was actually good because it did mean that people arrived on time and they, you know, did their sort of food eating um, efficiently. So I could clear it all away, chuck, chucked it all into sort of plastic bags and actually had it all, all cleared out and done. Then I could sit down and, and, and enjoy the party with everybody. And uh, there was a little speech thing for Christina. I didn't make any speeches because I didn't think it was right. Um, and it was lovely having uh, Maya and Abby there because they just added a sparkle of youth and, and glamour. They're gorgeous, those two. And uh, it was just great. Um, and then I got up early the next morning. Well, I mean, just to finish it off, <laughs> four o'clock, yeah, good luck. Um, I think we'd wave goodbye to the last people at around about 10 o'clock at <laughs> night, but that's okay. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, I just coughed there. Oh, I've had a little bit of a, a little bit of a cold recently, which I think so many people have had at the moment. It's, something's happening. It's not COVID, but there's another something going around. Um, but anyway, yeah, so we waved goodbye to the last people around about uh, 10 o'clock, I think. <laughs> Good old Katie and David. They, they were life and soul of the party, actually. Um, and they, they decided to you know, walk home. And off they went down their merry way. Actually, I did get the car out, which was a bad idea, really, but I got the car out and sort of, because they'd, they'd gone and I didn't know that they'd gone. And I said to Maya, where are they going? She said, they're walking back to the hotel. I said, God, you know, I'll go and get them. So I sort of met them halfway home and then drove them the last bit, which I shouldn't have done. <clears throat> anyway, uh, but Katie was funny, you know. <laughs> she she was um, at one point we were like a collection of guys: myself, Gavin, Roger, uh, Nick, I think, and uh, and I. And Katie was standing there, the, the only girl, <laughs> and she said. Um, just to really, just to get us all going. She said, uh, guys, what do you think about this Rwanda, Rwanda thing? And the immigrants being sent there. Well, <laughs> that was like dropping a grenade in the room because Gavin's a right winger and I'm pretty liberal. <laughs> and uh, I knew we weren't gonna see eye to eye on that. And uh, so, you know, <laughs> she said that. So, oh, excuse me, I've just got to go off somewhere. <laughs> Uh, so funny. She came back about ten minutes later. We were hard at it, you know. <laughs> and I said, "Okay, Katie, you started this." <laughs> and uh, Gavin wouldn't stop. And I said, "Okay, I've had enough of this conversation now. I'm, I'm actually leaving it." And uh, I did. I just just walked off and said, "Okay, enough." <laughs> and that was that. But it was all in good fun. I mean, it wasn't uh, aggressive. Okay, Rue, we'll go back this way. And. Um, yeah, so it was really good. And uh, that was really it. Well, it's enough, isn't it? For Christina's celebrations. But um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot. And then on the Monday, oh God, I got up early and cleared everything, every empty bottle and 
you know, took it all down to the bins before everybody got up. So when they when they did come up, they were like, wow, it's like we didn't even have a party here yesterday. And yeah. And uh, I can't even remember what we did on the Monday. I don't think we did too much. Did we? Oh, yeah, no, I know what we did, yes. Uh, Carol had a good idea. She said there's a ferry that goes from Puerto Bonus to Marbella. Here comes the sun now. There it is, gorgeous. And um, she's taken it a few times. I've never taken it. Well, Christina's never taken it. So we said, why not? And uh, it was the most extraordinary weather that day because there was a thick fog. You could see it. We were up in the mountains, way above the fog, but we could see down on the coast from the house. There was this, like... Um, Blumange-like uh, coating uh, on the coastline, and um, we, we, we thought, well, it's nice weather up here. It doesn't look too good down there. And I think Abby and mine wanted to get to top up the tans, and uh, so we were in two minds about whether to go. No, let's go. So we went down to the coast, and sure enough, not only was it foggy, it was cold, and we went to um, a restaurant that Maya liked, uh, had sort of selected, and unfortunately it's kind of like under new uh, management, and uh, it was foggy and cold, and it was on the beach, but you know, unfortunately in the first hour and a half, we're not good, <laughs> and then, they, because they've got this new system, and everything's run by an app, the service was terrible, you know, like, you ordered a drink and you had to wait half an hour. And, uh, oh. <laughs> anyway, I, I felt sorry for them because <sighs> they were obviously struggling. It was their first day open since they'd done all their sort of reformers, as they call it in Spain, improvements. <laughs> I mean, inverted commas. <sighs> anyway, it turned out okay, but only okay. But out of, the, out of all the celebrations, to have one sort of slight misfire wasn't too bad. Then the sun did come out and the, the mist and the fog did burn away and, and it, you know, it turned out to be lovely. And we took the ferry back in the sunshine. Because when we went, when we took the ferry, well, I'm saying ferry, it's just a large boat. Um, when we went out, couldn't see a damn thing. You couldn't see a hand in front of your face. It was so foggy. But it was clear on the way back. And that was that. Th that is the summary of the celebrations of Christina's 60th birthday. And, uh, well... Roll on 70, I guess. But the next one, I mean, God, I remember we did a big surprise for Christina's 50th. <sighs> Ten years ago. Oh. So you've got to make the most of all these years, haven't you? Oh, it's lovely now. There's a calm moment as the sun has just come up over the, uh, almost the summit of the concert. It moves from, you know, winter to summer where it actually comes up. In the winter, it comes up, you know, from emerges from the horizon of the sea line. In the summer, it sort of shifts behind the mountain. It's really nice. So yeah, that's all been happening, and uh, I tell you something else. That's been, it's not really sort of to do with the stats cast, but uh, we had another annual general meeting, <laughs> or another, my first annual general meeting as president, 
And, uh, well, that was April the uh, 11th, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, before Christina's birthday. Don't know if I've done a podcast since then. Um, but anyway, <laughs> the sort of big moment was the, uh, the election for the ne- next president. And uh, as nobody else would stand... <laughs> Well, from my group anyway, they said, no, no, John, you do it, you do it. Uh, didn't really want to, but uh, the question was, would the former president decide to stand against me? And she was campaigning to get as many votes as she could in proxies. And she ended up with 27. God, poor thing. And, uh, well, I'm not going to say how many I had, but <laughs> far more than that. So uh, she, when, when it came to the moment where they, they say, you know, all right, would anybody like to stand as president? And uh, she looked and then shook her head, no, not going to. And then they said to me, John, would you be prepared to stand again as president? I said, yes, I would. And then they said, all those in favour of Mr. Stoddard being president, you know. And to her credit, even the previous president raised her hand and said yes. So I think war is over, you know, because there's been this sort of divisive uh, year where she resented the fact that I'd become president and was sort of sniping all the time and all her former um, committee sniping at everything I ever did. And then uh, finally, I even got a few sort of congratulatory comments and emails and things from her, you know, hard and fast supporters. Who said, you know, actually the village is being run well, so, you know, we're not going to be against you anymore. So that was great. But, yeah, this is is a stutz car, so (laughs) I've gone about village affairs. Um, And, uh, you know, apart from that, yeah, illness has been yet again, you know, around. Annoying. But I think we've all got slightly, I don't know, our, our sort of, well, my immune system seems to have, perhaps it's because I'm getting older, but not not quite as good. I, th- I think it might be COVID, really, but uh, or COVID-related. Um, so, yeah, ever since Christine's birthday, I've been a little bit off. But I'm getting better now. Roo, you're in fine shape, aren't you? We call him Shampoo Roo now, because... Before Christina's 60th birthday, I gave him a big shampoo on the terrace. He was not pleased with me about that. We were. <laughs> he ended up looking like a great big ball of fuzz. Well, we had the coronation, haven't we? And you know those bearskin hats, the ridiculous hats that the guardsmen wear on their heads? Well, that's what we look like. A great big bearskin on four legs walking around. You actually look pretty good. I mean, shiny, shiny coat. And it's still shiny. But not quite so fuzzy. <laughs> Settled down now, hasn't it? It did look funny, though. <sighs> yeah. And then Maya and Abby and Carol all went home and the party was over. <sighs> but it was, uh, it was, it was quite an interval. And we enjoyed it a lot. So, that's probably 
the bulk of what I've got to tell you about. I'm, uh, I mentioned I'm reading a, a book, a book by Isabella Allende. Um, she's a sort of a Latin American writer. She's a, what the heck was that? She's really good. Is there a gardener hosing something down? Or what was that noise? Come on, Ru. Um, uh, she's written a book called Violetta. And it's the, it's a sort of a, written in the style of a, um, a, a sort of autobiographical story about this lady called Violetta. Um, born in 1920, in some undefined uh, Latin American country. She does, she's, I mean, it's probably chilly, but uh, she doesn't actually say it's chilly. And, she, you know, she, I haven't quite finished it yet, but uh, she lives a long time, you know. She lives to be 100, so obviously she dies in about uh, 2020. And um, it's the story of this fascinating life. And uh, Isabella Allende, the writer, um, wrote to her own mother every single day of her life. Sometimes more than once. And, 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 and her mother wrote to her. So she has boxes and boxes and boxes of letters to and from her mother. And it's really their story. And so it is quite autobiographical. I mean, it's not supposed to be, you know, non-fiction, but um, it's good. And, and, and it's, you know, it, it, I would say it's quite a girly novel. If, if, if I was to be so sort of critical, it's not critical because I, I love that, you know. But it's a, it's a romantic novel um, in many ways. But you know, so does Jane Austen. You know, all her novels. You know, so are the Brontes. You know, it, it's in that sort of style, but but written today and. It's fascinating as well because she talks you through the sort of dictatorships and those Latin American countries, and they all have them, you know, sponsored by the Americans, you know, in the 70s and 80s, and uh, terrifying. And, and she talks you through because obviously she experienced it firsthand. And uh, so, if you want a good read, try uh, Violetta. She writes as easily in Spanish as she does in English. I got the English version. And um, it, it, it's a surprisingly good uh, and informative read. Yes, there's all kinds of... <laughs> like, she talks about telenovelas, because <laughs> they have those all the time, don't they, in, uh, in those countries, these ridiculously overacted romantic TV dramas. Um, well, it's not like that. It's not written like that. She's sort of rather poked fun at that kind of thing. But, um, but it, has, it has a lot of human interest all the way through it. And uh, it's one of those page-turners that... Uh, I'm not usually like that. I usually take my time with the book. But this one, and as I said at the beginning, I'm sort of delaying my walk with Rooney to, to just enjoy it. Anyway, uh, we're getting back into the village now. And I'm going to say... Um, 
uh, probably farewell <laughs> at this point and move into the, the closing section. So when uh, he's ahead of me, I need to catch him up because he really should be on the leash here. So we'll move into the close. Okay, well, here we are in the closing section of what are becoming quite rare podcasts. Now, aren't they, Ru? Or Stuzzcast? Um, I haven't actually managed to get Ru on the leash yet because he's ahead of me. And you can probably hear in the background the Doberman. He's, he was just barking right down my ear, but he's gone to the other side of the hill. Thank goodness. But, uh, yeah, the, the, this is, I mean, I am noticing a difference because this is quiet. I mean, I know it's only, what time is it? Eight o'clock in the morning. Okay, so maybe it's too early, but normally you'd hear motorcycles by now. And I'm not hearing any. There will be some. But, uh, there you go, good boy. Putting him on his leash. I'm whispering now, because it's so quiet. But, oh gosh, the village is looking lovely. We've had the whole thing repainted. Every every part of the village that's not actually somebody's private house, and otherwise all the borders to the roads, the walls, the common areas, the plazas, the swimming pools, everything has been completely repainted. So that... Uh, it looks good, and it does look good. And uh, the sky is clear, clear blue now. The sun is just showering the older side of the village with golden, golden sunlight. And it looks special. So, uh, so I think we've had a fairly long chat, haven't we? So thank you for listening to it and. and coming along with us on our walk, Rooney and I. It's been a pleasure having your company. And um, I think we will just say thank you and we'll talk again soon. <laughs>